You ready to go, sweetheart? Yeah. I've got my headphones in. Hello, hello, welcome to this, the, maybe the last, maybe the second to last Ian Prendercast of the 2021 year. My name is Sean Peter Butch. We are brought to you as always by MGA and 121 Media. It's a pleasure to have you all listening in. We'll go to the doctor first, lay your excuses on us. Why'd you lose the Super Grouch Grand Final? Uh, came up against a better opponent, Sean. I, uh, I, I, did, I did actually... What did I write down? He was ranked 7,000th. I was 26,000th. We had 11 unique players. Of his 11, he had eight tons in the grand final. I had six. The other ones outside of his tons scored 65, 83, 94. And a couple of my dog shit players scored 39, 41, 73, 75, 97. Just not good enough. So, did uh, you get the boxes to clear out your office? Are they? Did they arrive? Well, uh, you'll probably take over next year. I would have thought, Sean. No, I'm folding the team. We're going to do an Aspley Hornets, <laughs> and we're we're dissolving the team because that's just not acceptable. Second place, we said it from day one, Tim. Day dot, we said second place, first loser. We said premierships or bust. That's all right. Well, uh, we bust. That's good. That's one less thing I need to worry about come August next year. What did Ricky Bobby's old man say? I can't remember. If you ain't first, you're last. Yeah, that's so, right. That's right. I mean, Timbo, you gave it your best shot. It wasn't good enough. And um, I mean, you I, left wasn't, the- I wasn't happy with my Super Coach season for what it's worth. Not because I didn't win that grand final, but uh, trades throughout the year, I felt like they were clumsy. I got injuries at the wrong time, and it just never built any momentum. And normally, you go. I feel like the team's pretty good. I was happy with the team that I had at the end. You sounded like David Teague last night. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Like I've look, made peace with it. I don't know whether Tiggy has or not. But as the great Malcolm Blight said, you're going to have to live with that. So yeah, do it as best you can. How are you otherwise, Doctor Davis? Oh, look, I think this last genuinely, you know, and this is you know, hand on heart. I reckon the last week here at home has been a bit harder. So um, I think just um, the the weight of uh, lockdown has sort of bared pretty heavily, and I think. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm. Uh, I don't think I'm uh, Mr. Miyagi there. So um, the light at the end of the tunnel was a train. Well, that's exactly right. So uh, hopefully, coming into a new week, um, everything's a little bit better. But um, we had a good weekend at home. We put together a table tennis table. Outstanding, um, Sean. So we've got. Uh, I think with lockdown, just having something a little bit different to do for. Where the have kids. you placed it? It's in the garage. So yeah, our that's, that's going to uh, get warped up real quick. Oh, well, they always do, don't they? So uh, I don't know that it was it was a Kmart table tennis table, so I don't know that we've necessarily spent thousands on uh, on this bad boy. So, um, But I already played Elise, and I'm up 1-0. So um, there's very possibly a Jerry Seinfeld-esque, I choose not to run. I'm just going to retire. They work for Nico Rosberg. <laughs> well, I beat her 21-19 as well, and there was a controversial uh, decision at 17 all where Elise double hit the ball. Well, that's a point. That's a point and, lost. And, and she genuinely double hit it, and Torrin said, 
that she double hit it and Elise did not want to have a bar of it. And funnily enough, I'm sure Elise is a perfectly good loser against anybody else in the world, but against her husband, not so. No one's a perfectly good loser at anything, and if they are, they're just not right in their head. Uh, speaking well, of not right in the head, we go over to Faba Ganoush. We haven't spoken for a couple of days. How are you going? I'm well. Yeah, we haven't spoken since you decided to you know, rewrite history from nine years ago. I didn't rewrite history at all. I uh, gave an opinion. You know that he's in a bad mood, don't you, when he, he organises the pod via a proxy. He's organising, he's doing that. I'm not speaking organize. to Sean. He organised the pod through Tim <laughs> no, no, in the Tim same t- group chat. Tim texted me separately and then mentioned, are we doing pod? I said, I'm up for it. Yep. Because you're going to have to follow it up because I'm not talking to Sean. He's just gone. He's just froze <laughs> up there. Okay, you know what Sean's doing. So he put out the text. That's why me and Tim... You just you just you just froze up on us there, Fanny. Anyway. You're gonna have to fill the chat with more lies. Just repeat yourself. No, we don't have him. We've got him back now. We've got him back. He's back. You're, you're drifting in and out. This could be nightmarish. Sorry, are we here? Yeah. Yeah, you're here now. Yep. Did you want to pick the conversation up, Fabaganoush? Did you want to? No. Sure. You don't, you no. don't want to pick it up. No. No need to. No need to. No. So you're over it. I was never, I was never uh, put out by it. You did say you're never calling me ever again. <laughs> That's got nothing to do with what our conversation. You did was. say I'm never going to call had, you again. The conversation, and I won't. But the conversation we had, which was about the Mick Malthouse era blues, which you embarrassed yourself in. You're fortunate that it was just me on the line. Yeah, whatever. So move on. It's got nothing to do with why I said I'll. I'll Never call you again. He also followed up the next day. Was it the next day or was it the day before, Fab, when you uh, – I can't remember if it was later that night when you, you rang me. You always ring at about dinner time. You always ring – you're one of those people who don't seem to have any regard for when people might be eating. You just ring between 6.30 and sort of 7.30 and act surprised when you know, people are otherwise engaged. It's probably the lowest form of, of being a human being. And um, I said, look, I'm having dinner. He had a question, Timbo, about Google Drive, and I thought to myself, there's someone you could ask that question, Fab. The, the hint's probably in the name of the fucking product. Just Google your query. Or ask Siri. You didn't feel like doing that, Fab? You didn't feel like... No, I didn't. Didn't feel like no, asking Google? Just go, yeah, Google. No. Can I play? Can I stream a video from ask Google Drive? Tonight, tonight, make sure you ask Google what the password is to opt sport to watch Man United's game. I'll just buy my own account. I got locked out during the Euros. I don't think you were locked out during I the Euros. I was locked out during the Euros. I had to, Timbo told me I could watch the games for free. That was the only way. I, I had to, that's what I had to do because you, you locked me out so you could give the password to somebody who likes watching penalty shootouts. <laughs> Love a penalty shootout. They are good. Mm. As long as your team's not involved. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So you don't want to... There was some talk that people wanted to hear our, our argument, that people wanted us to pick it up and settle how, it once how, and for all. How would, how would people know that we were having – we weren't even having an argument? Well, because I told them about it on Twitter. Because <laughs> that's your world, mate. I've got, I've got better things to do than to uh, waste my time arguing with a rude, condescending prick. I got to listen to some podcasts all the way through in one one sitting. Though that was a good result. That's good. You get used to it. How are you going to get? How are you going to get to work without chewing my ear off? 
Oh, just listen to some Spotify, mate. Mm-hmm. Mm. Keep the listeners abreast of who cracks first. Well, they ain't going to be me. And oh. I know you, you're, 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 you're stubborn, so... Uh, well, this is good, uh, though, because this will probably be the last time we speak for six months. That'll be a good result. No, I'm gonna, we'll, do, we'll, we'll do a season review pod, surely. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that with Tim. Um, so the Prender DJ can, for last you can, week. You can do it with your mum. I couldn't give a fine fuck. So the Prender so DJ, uh, <laughs> DJ song from last week, I took control again. And unsurprisingly, for the second week in a row, we actually had a good song. Um, yeah, sh- shit song, but just a... A shit uh, song. You know. you're, gonna, you're slandering the boss now, are you? Absolute rubbish opinion, just like your opinion about the Mick Out of all House the draft songs era. To play, what did you think? The, what did you think the theme was? To be honest, Sean, I didn't even listen to it. Don't even know what song you picked. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Fab's got no what, care. What song was it? Fab doesn't care. He only listens to his own stuff. He only listens to the song if he picks it. He doesn't care about any of you out there. Stop acting like that, he that, does. That, that, that's that's incorrect. I listened to the Killers album the day it was released, Sean. To uh, have a bit of a conversation with you, but obviously, you know, my phone calls annoy you, so uh, you won't be getting them anymore. That's a good result. I'm pleased. So the song mm. was The Promised Land by Bruce Springsteen. Which mm. Have you heard that one, Fab? Are you familiar with that track? I'm familiar with the track. It's not very far from a banger. Put it that way, Sean. It's not meant to be a banger. Yes, it is. No, there's meant to be a theme. Bangers. The theme, of course, and uh, Adrian uh, Salerno, your mate, old mate, Adrian, you don't um, have to put a dickhead accent on when you say That's how you surname. say his name. Salerno. I don't put on a dickhead accent. I just say it properly. So I have, well, how, do I, how am I meant to say it then? How would you like me you, to say it? Salerno. Just well, Salerno. You don't have to, you know. So you, you can put on, so you're Lucy Zelich. You can put on whatever fucking accent you want. <laughs> no, it's not an accent. I just say it. Please. So he got it on the absolute nose. The um, It was more about the sort of the third verse slash bridge. Uh, Tim, but I'm going to ignore Fab for the rest of the night because he's been a dickhead. Um, in which he sings, There's a dark cloud rising from the desert floor. I pack my bags and I'm heading into the storm. Got to be a twister to blow everything down that ain't got the faith to stand its ground. So, the, like so the review, Yep. everything that isn't good enough to stand its ground will be gone. Everything that can withstand it, like that arch in uh, was it Hiroshima, it was extraordinary, withstood the bomb in a tsunami. Um, Didn't have images X-rayed on it? Of people who were nearby, or was that? Oh, no, I got no idea, but it was incredible. They had this like this photo from yeah the the, the A bomb site and the tsunami site, and the one thing that was still standing was this arch, and everyone's like, "What the fuck's that made out of?" <laughs> Vibranium. Um, and of course, uh, so the overarching theme, of course, believing in the promised land, which is why that song was picked. Um, so I will, of course, be picking the song again because Fab just we had to take the segment off him because he was just taking the piss. Um, so I think as we get into the show proper, Timbo, yeah. we were all probably fearing the worst midweek, weren't we? Oh, I was, absolutely. I um, When there's nothing to play for, um, it gets a little bit scary. Um, when your coach is gone, it gets a bit scary. Um, well, <laughs> we're assuming our coach is gone, but uh, obviously I'm, I'm reading the tea leaves and I'm happy to be wrong, but uh, we're assuming that's where you're at. Obviously, having Eddie Betts going out and playing his 350th milestone game, having Levi's last game, yeah, you know, there was enough. There was enough that maybe there was impetus there, 
but um, with a bad record against GWS, with them having something to play for, you just thought these these bikes are going to get a hold of us, and and well, you just thought we, this could get nasty. Well, that's it. And having cut, like in a way, I guess the the good thing, if there was such a good thing, is having nineteen goals kicked against us, you know, against Port. <laughs> sort of meant that we were going to... Um, You're one of a kind, Timbo. You're managing to well, spin, like, getting 19 goals in a row kicked against us. If there was a positive to those well, 19 in a row, if it had been just 18... I, if you're trying to say... You had to work out they had to know what they did wrong and what they had to do to be It better. wasn't going to happen two weeks in a row. No, that's right. If it didn't and, happen last week, it probably would have happened this week when the Giants did get on top of that. Is that, why when exactly we, right. is that why when we usually concede our five and six goal runs, it's just not bad enough? <laughs> so we get to five or six in a row, and they go, "That's not worth really caring about." When we get to nineteen, they're kind of going, "Shit!" Yeah, and it only just registered. Um, Jeremy Finlayson, Timbo, was he injured? Because how is <laughs> he, he? Does normally feast on us, doesn't he? I, remember, I said to Dad, I, go, "I actually don't know. Surely, if he's fit, he plays because nobody dines out on us like he does." Uh, well, no, I, I don't think he's been getting a game of late. And, I, and in the back of my mind, I'm half wondering, um, I, I'm just from there, because Jake Riccardi's not getting a game either, and he kicked a couple against us last year as well when we played him the second time. So obviously they're, they're fiddling with their forward. I mean, probably the answer was the fact that they've now got Jesse Hogan playing down there with Harry Himmelberg, and they don't want to be too tall. Um, Finlayson obviously is sort of a halfway between a tall and a small, but then Toby Green is as well. So maybe in the end it's just a balanced thing and they're wanting to get a more, bit more run. <laughs> it's a big, big sound podcast. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I did that to myself. Um, <laughs> but it was a good question you asked. I know. Well, I just assume that if he was fit, surely he plays because he's good for five or six. I don't think he's in I don't think he's in their best 22 from that forward line structure perspective. Maybe not. Uh, Faber Ganoush, I go to you grudgingly, but... Um, Farewells to Eddie and Levi on the night. Do you have any thoughts about those two wrapping up? Any memories? Any? Well, plenty of memories. Um, but I was just happy that both of them had moments in the game that they could look back on. Or you know, at least when they're walking off the ground. You know, if you had two touches and didn't <laughs> didn't go near it, you know, didn't kick a goal, it'd be a bit sad. But you know, to kick a couple, both kick a couple. Did Eddie kick two? He got two. Yeah. Well, Levi gave him one, and then he kicked the one at the end. So, um, Levi did the double cobra. Did the double that, cobra that was then, the highlight. And then Eddie tried to scalp him while he was getting chaired off. If you have a look, because he's on on the right, or Eddie's right, and Eddie's instead of just grabbing him around the neck, was grabbing him by the hair, and Levi basically get his hand and remove it. I find that found that quite funny, but um. Yeah, no, it was it was a good night for for both of them. Levi took a couple of big strong marks, yeah, yeah. Um, and slotted slotted one that you would usually spray. So it was good to see. And Eddie was lively. It was Eddie? He was to the end trying to take mark of the year when it was uh, never on the cards. But um, it was maddening, absolutely maddening. I saw someone reply to um, to your tweet, Sean, that said. You know, he's, there's three minutes left in his career and he's gone for the he car. He was doing it from... Well, there's, they haven't given a car away for about 15 years. And no, yeah, well, Timbo was the last person to win a car. And he was doing it from about minute three. And I'm thinking, Eddie, Eddie, man, stay down. Come on. Stay down, Eddie. Give us an option on the deck, man. Uh, Timbo, any thoughts on those two retiring? Yeah, I, I must say, I really enjoyed... The, there was a bit, a couple of 
has Levi retired? Not, well, he's been has retired. Uh, well, his career at Carlton is over. So there, there is talk about Gold Coast potentially being interested, in, and but probably more from the perspective of he could be a key defender, which I, I can see. And, I mean, again, to see him play, he, he presented really well yesterday. So to, to at least be able to have your last look at Levi where – he was jumping with confidence, clunking a couple of marks, and really, you know, really presenting well. It's, you know, you had to be happy with that, but it left you lamenting. If we'd have had that just a little bit more during the season, um, we might not have been um, as as um, exposed in our forward line as what we were throughout the year. And Eddie, you know, we love an Eddie highlight, and you know, the talk about you know has he put smiles well, on faces. Do. Well, I mean, but you, yeah, no, look, he was... That's a, that's a snipe at me, Timbo. <laughs> well, look, I mean, Eddie Eddie has been a fantastic servant of the footy club. I, look, we've has, he, has he, Sean? No, has he, he? A, he was a much better player at Adelaide, I'll say it. I think he's played his best career football at Adelaide, but he was in... Abs- it, like, he got moved over there at the age of, what, 27? That no, is, he was a good player for us, absolutely no question. He was a very, very good player with and us. Then Adelaide, was, and then at Adelaide, he was a superstar. He was, but that was probably also the fact that they didn't have any other stars on their forward line in the same way. I mean, Tex could get it done, but he was more a centre-half forward and would push further up the ground. Um, but he was allowed to be really express himself there, and they played to it, and he did it really well. So, Pride I, of so, South Australia podcast, brought to you by 121 Media, MGA traffic. <laughs> Point is well made. Like I said, we all love Eddie, but at the end of the line, at the end of the day, he played his best football for the Crows. Yeah, but the fear, the fear during the year as we were sort of, and, and I say this sort of half tongue in cheek, was he was playing some very good footy around about round 17, 18. And, and a lot of the talk was, will we give um, another contract to, to Eddie? And, and you just looked at it and thought, we are, we are so far off playing premiership football um, that we just have to make decisions now about being our best in probably three years' time. Yeah, that that really with this list, to me, that's that needs to be the the question behind every recruitment trade option. We will. That we, we are going to talk about uh, the list shortly, Tim. Though. But that's the window. So at the end of the day, when there was the opportunity to potentially there go was with a rumor, again, there was no point. There was a rumor going around that he was offered a one-year deal, and I'm I was thinking maybe the or the review or the findings of the review may have. May have uh, called to squash that. Yeah. Well, either, he, he, either open, way, the right in, call. He's been open in saying he wanted to go on. And and look, absolutely. I I, I still laugh at the Craig Bradley um, press conference when he retired, and he pretty much said, uh, "I'm here to say that uh, I will be retiring from football. However, I believe I still can play really good footy." And so he was absolutely adamant that he was good enough. And mind you, that's the absolute confidence in his body and his preparation and his capability and his mm. his skills and all that sort of stuff. But it was it was time and it was especially it was time given where the Carlton Football Club was at. He potentially could have played somewhere else, but I don't think I would want to have seen Craig Bradley playing for anyone else. No. And look I think with Eddie the time is right. He's played three hundred and fifty games. Uh, stellar career. Um, you know, time comes for everyone and you go, well would you navigate a full preseason and another twenty two games? Yeah, probably not. No. So, you know, unfortunately, no one wants to retire. Everyone wants to stay forever young. Unfortunately, you can't. But congratulations to those two on their contributions in navy blue. 
um, Eddie will you know remain around the trap. So I imagine uh, whatever Levi does next uh, will be interesting to observe. We obviously go now to uh, everyone's favourite segment, the One Twenty One Media Big Question. Plural, as always. Um, now, got the first one here. The end of the line. So it's a matter of when. Now, Fabian, it's not if. So it's a matter of when. It's also a matter of how many, not just who. And my thing coming out of the chatter over the last you know couple of days with Teague, I'm convinced that those who parrot support for him don't actually watch us play. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that those, particularly non-Carlton, the the you know. Um, so-called bipartisan supporters. They mustn't. They must just look at the old box score in the paper or on the website or on the app and go, oh, they've only lost by four goals. That's better than what they used to. That's not that bad. It's the res- It's not the results. It's performances yeah. that are just that, not up that, to scratch. That's, that's evident by comments that come out about his percentage, his winning percentage, and it's and how he gets com- you know, positively compared to, to other coaches. And it's like... If you watch us like we watch us, there's no way in hell you could say that David Teague is the right man to coach the current football club. No well, way in hell. Well, here's but people, a... there's always that 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 group of people who just like to be, you know, seen as being nice. You know, everything everything will get better. Just let it get better. I think it's you know, ultimately when you when you actually watch us play and you watch us play over the course of. David Teague's tenure, what you see, apart from Tim shuffling around and making a lot of noise, Sorry. is horrendous development, baffling selection, lack of a discernible, reliable method. That was on me. Lack of a discernible, reliable method of play, our inability to adapt in game, week to week, poor planning for opposition, poor structure, and poor shape all the time. Fab. Like, that's what, if you watch us week in, week out, minute one to the last second, that's all you see. Yeah. And based on that, he can't possibly stay. Absolutely. And I, I liken it to when people were looking at Rats and Rats' performance, and it still gets looked back on in, in, in such a positive light. Now, I'm not saying that Brett Ratton wasn't good in certain aspects, but people just were just accepting of so many shortcomings and it's the same with Dave Batigue. He's, he, there's, there's obvious and glaringly obvious shortcomings in his game plan that he's been given sufficient time to address, and he hasn't. Um, Timbo, the media, you know, routinely, it's not just with the Carlton Football Club, but when a club is enduring a rough spell, um, one of the first things that the media goes to is calls for an independent review. That's one of the first things they go to in their little, in the little bag of tricks, in their, or their bag of clubs, sorry, they need to conduct an independent review. They need to get Jason Dunstall or Matthew Pavlich or Nick Rewalt. They need to have a look into the football club. Well, we did. We said we wouldn't comment on it once it started. We haven't. We said we'd release the findings post the last game of the year. They will. Yeah. And, and I've, got a, I've got a thing for you here. All the commentary coming out in the media about the Carlton Football Club hanging David Teague out to dry, I'm not unsympathetic to. But you know what, Tim? He had 12 weeks. He had the biggest warning of all time. He had 12 weeks to save his job. He had 12 weeks to turn things around. He had the longest, the biggest warning a coach will ever get that the spotlight's on you. You've got to start getting something happening here, David. It was up to you and your coaches to make that happen, and they chose to do nothing. 
Yep. And look, we, we talked about here, and not to say that we're, you know, the, the doyen of supporters that have our finger on the pulse like nobody else ever has, but we, we read the tea leaves and, and you knew that he just, he wasn't performing. Um, the, the way that the, the players were being activated and sent out and, as you said, you know, shape and style, that sort of stuff, it just wasn't there. And, and it wasn't up to snuff. We weren't competing the way, you know, supporters, and not just us, but the, the, the way that the supporters regarded what we thought our capability is, was, and should be. And he just wasn't meeting it. And as you said, he had the opportunity to make a few changes. And I, I think, you know, again, selection. Selection was the one glaring element that you just looked at and thought, you, you're not doing... You're not doing the right thing by your players. You're not doing the right thing by your supporters. You're He's not, not doing the right thing by his own by tenure. Yeah. Well, that, this is it. And you just you looked at what was missing and he wasn't bringing in the players that could address the shortcomings. And it just across the board. I'll ask the you a question. Work, the thing that's missing is change. You have to yeah. change something. Yeah. I'll ask you're you two right. a question. I'll ask you two a question. If David Teague, so after the, we'll probably say the Eagles loss was probably the real, okay, here we go. What's going to happen from here? Let's. That's when we started seeing the wheels are going to be in motion for something to happen. So yeah. after that result, we're going to do the review. We're going to go through the football department with a fine-tooth comb. I'll ask you two the question. If David Teague hypothetically had have gone to Brad Lloyd, who has since been put under the microscope as well and probably following him out the door, if he had have gone to Brad Lloyd and said, you know what, you know what I think gets us out of this? Kids. Like, realistically, if we go to Kane Little and the board and say um, we're going to commit the back half of the year to the kids, and realistically, we're not going to win. Realistically, we will slip back a bit. The win-loss will fall the wrong side of the ledger. But we're committed to preparing those kids for pre-season for next year. Would that have been looked upon more favourably than what they've chosen to do? I think it would have because it was putting the club ahead of himself. And I think that that was the element. I think that, and I think that's probably the element that I think um, upsets people the most is decisions that he made was about making himself, paint himself in the best possible light. And, um, and we didn't perform anyway. So he, he kind of shot himself in the foot in that way. Um, but playing too many older bodies and not exposing kids and all that sort of stuff, not genuinely develop, developing the talent that can move the club forward to not do that or at least not do it early enough, um, I think that was that was he, not only his but the wider regime's biggest mistake. Where are you, Fab? No, Tim said everything on the head. And what I wanted to add to what you were saying, Timbo, with when it comes to development, because everyone keeps going, we keep harking back on things like development. Development, a critical part of development happens in senior football. And so a, a lot of things you can, you can teach and instruct all you want outside of match day. And then you can try and implement things in a different team at VFL level, but you're not really going to see if people cut the mustard until you give them games of senior AFL football. Absolutely. Now, David Teague hasn't been the only coach that's failed to, to give games to to players on our list to see where they're actually at. But when Sean hit the nail on the head when he said he was given, people think he was hard done, he was given 
a warning. We're doing an external review. That, to me, is something you go, okay, I've got X amount of weeks now to keep my job. What and I'm doing, you go, you go, what I'm, what I'm doing is put me in this position. Yeah. So okay, I have to pivot now. What can I do to save that position? And he, he didn't change enough. He didn't try enough. He didn't. Like, did you see his press conference last night, Fab? No, I refused to watch his press conference. Yeah. So I watched it because there was the thing where he, he kind of had a bit of a, a veiled crack at uh, Crips for putting his hand up to play when he probably wasn't right to play. There is a, such a thing as a fitness test, David. But let's not um, get bogged down. But like, good on you, David, for having some fire in the belly. But why it's now? Why now? Why yeah. now, mate? Like, why are you bothering? You're potting Tom Brown for potting you. Show some fucking chutzpah eight weeks ago. Yeah. Like, whoever's advising you, we're going to have a bit of a chat about the Ross Lyon thing from Footy Classified and the fallout with Liam Pickering there. David, you played the role of, like, doe-eyed... I t- told the example to Timbo before. He was like the doe-eyed victim... In a horror movie, the first victim of the movie, where he's the only person in the theatre that doesn't know he's about to die. And he's trotting around the house like just, you know, Drew Barrymore on the phone having a fun conversation. Everyone's like, you're about to die and you don't even know it. You're oblivious. I want to see what your insides look like. And you're just going, what are you doing, man? You're the only person in this film that doesn't realise, I'm in trouble here. And we're all sitting there going, David, don't do that, David. Don't, what did David? Don't go upstairs, don't David. Go to the sliding door, David. And you're just going. Why are you opting to show some fight now, mate? That ship has sailed. Whoever's advising you, go out and be, have some spunk about you. Have some personality about you. Show a different side of yourself. Cast yourself in a different light. I'll use the example. So, I I did this. However long ago it was, eight weeks ago. David Teague was um in part of the B-roll that either the media captured or the club captured for the media and sent out. I don't know if you boys saw it. He was running around in a drill during the week at training. I don't know if any of you guys saw that. It was one of the training sessions. I missed it. And he was involved in the drill and he was running around. And I laughed. I said to Dad, I wonder if that's deliberate. And I asked him the question because I did the exact same thing with someone eight weeks ago. And the reason I did it was because look at this guy, he's fresh, he's young, and he's vibrant, and he's energetic. And now he's got the gig at the Hawks. Like, but you go, I laughed, because I went, I wonder if that's an unknowing thing, if David's doing it, knowing that the guys that are coming in aren't doing this. And I'm going to be a bit different, I can do this, I'm, I'm younger and I'm fresher and I'm blah, blah. And you're like, I just laughed, I went, it's too late. Yeah. It's too late for this, mate. Once again, you had 12 weeks. You should have been doing this the day after the review was announced. So the narrative becomes, you are young and new and vibrant. you got ideas. Not when you're just about to be sacked. It was just... Yeah. It, it was almost like... <laughs> it was almost like he thought, well, I've got a year to go on my contract. So I'll just keep doing everything that I've been doing. And when the review comes out and as tells if, what, me that Tim, I need as to if change no one's, X, Y, and Z, I'll change it. As if no, no one's ever been sacked. <laughs> the review is going to give me the answers <laughs> and we'll win a flag from that. <laughs> but it was just, like, did you see, Fab, did you see, uh, Tim, I don't know if you would have seen this, did you see the Postacoglu video that was circulating? No. So same thing again. Everything you capture in-house... Like, people think it's like candid camera, like it's a reality TV show. Everything is very carefully curated and released for a purpose. There's a great video doing the rounds 
just search like Postacoglu on Twitter. And it's a clip of him at training, just him, the playing group are scattered around him, yelling, we don't stop. We stop at halftime and we stop at full time to celebrate. And he's very forceful. He's not speaking to the players. Yeah. He's speaking to the fans. I've seen this. This was a while ago. This is his first. So I reckon this is his first training session. He's not speaking to the playing group. That's not who that video is for. The video is for the fans and the fans love it. Because right there, his standards and the standards he's holding the team to become public knowledge. Yep. It's very, very clever. So the fans go, geez, I like the look of this guy. And they go, geez, he's firm. And when they see it working, and they beat the team yesterday 6-0 and have had another big win, they refer back to it. And they go, they're doing what he's saying. Yeah. And it's, I, it's, it's great. It's, really, I'm, I'm just, it's, a really, it's a really small, really good example of how do you create the narrative that supports the coach. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've got a, just to lighten the mood a bit, I've got a great... I don't know if you guys have heard this uh, a Celtic story. Um, when Ian Wright went there in the in the last year of his his career, he said they were playing some low team that they should have been battering. They're at home. Partick Thistle. I'm not sure who it was. He goes Dundee. Vaduka. Mark goes. Mark Vaduka was up front. He goes. Nothing was working for us. He goes. We come in at halftime, and the coach has absolutely. He goes. John Barnes was the coach. And John Barnes is is just he's cracked he's cracked the shits, and Vaduk has basically taken his boots off, looked at John Barnes and said, "Yeah, fuck this shit," essentially. <laughs> and Ian Wright just does a great Aussie accent, and he goes, and "He just he goes, oh, take me off, I refuse to play." And he goes, everyone had a go at him, and he refused anyway. Ian Wright gets goes on in his place. They end up losing the game. He goes as we're walking out. Of the thing goes, everyone's booing. So at halftime, everyone assumes John Barnes has brought me on for Viduka. <laughs> he goes, everyone's booing. He goes, we lose the game. He goes, Mark Viduka comes out of, he goes, security has told us you need to get on the bus quick because they're out for blood. Mm. He goes, Viduks walks out the change room. Onto the bus, he goes to a standing ovation. Yeah, <laughs> and he goes. No one knows that he actually refused to play for the club. Mutiny. He goes. He goes. And then he goes. And then when me and Barnsley came out, they wanted to kill us. <laughs> oh, you should have stopped That's at the top pretty- of the stairs. If only you knew. I did like oh, that. It was, a tra- it was a digression. But look, lastly on this development thing, Fab, you, you kind of touched on it early with the development. We lose because we haven't exposed enough of our, we haven't exposed any of our young players to an AFL standard program. We've got a generation of top talent who we did not surprise anybody taking on draft night. And the pick mm-hmm. ultimately, the pick is irrelevant once they walk in the door. Like the pick yeah. is ultimately irrelevant. But we surprise no one. They have not been in an elite AFL program. They have trained, learned, developed, and played in a substandard, substandard dysfunctional environment. And people want to blame them. Yeah. All you have to do is look at the results over the last three, four, five years and go, why are we blaming the young kids when they're just doing and playing and training to the standards that they're being held to? There's nothing coming out like Postacoglu yelling at the players like that. There's nothing coming out about you know the, the great funny stories about Ross Lyon and maybe Alex Ferguson and all those other great coaches holding these players to a set of standards as soon as they walk in the door. This idea that, oh, they just don't want to learn is bullshit. You are a product of your environment. No doubt. Yeah. 
and the environment's been crap. And I've said, I've said this before, attitude reflects leadership. Simple as that. And if you've got a playing group that does have a... Like when we heard last year that half the playing group didn't like the fact that he finally cracked the shits at halftime against Adelaide, Some hey, apparently 50% of the playing group said, oh, that didn't work for me. Double down on it. Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan style. Doesn't work for yeah. me, brother. I would, have, I would have just said, I don't give a shit. Yeah. God, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, if it doesn't yeah. work for you, we'll organise a trade. Mm. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the bottom line is, he, like, I, I always, and I know you laugh at this, Sean, but my coaching philosophy oh, with no. Beverly Hills. Mate, the kids the, are 12 and, years old. You can't bake them. No, 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 this is the thing. They always say you've only got two, two bakes, like two genuine bakes. And before I, they cry, well, and I, I actually genuinely because I'm before so they'd rather play basketball. <laughs> you know, I, I've never given one. I, I, I they're twelve, Tim. No, I know, and and that's that's what I'm mindful of. But at <laughs> AFL level, at AFL level, they say you've only got two decent ones a year, and so and and T would have never used it. And the fact that he finally finally came out and used it, and it was justified, and it was probably too late. Any single person on the list that turned around and said, not happy with that, absolutely, as you say, fuck them right off because... You know what else, Tim? You, you should know what the feedback is coming before you receive it. can't be a surprise when Tiggy turns around and said, your effort was shit today and you need to be better. They should know that already. But this is the thing, Tim. As soon as that came out and as soon as the player said not buying it and as soon as the coaches went, oh, okay, you're done. Yeah, I think you're right. You're done. Largely, largely, anyway. Because you have to play with a bit of fear. Yeah. Like, you you know, you think you're Mike Ditka coaching the under-12s and you're, like, ruling with an iron <laughs> fist. But, like, if you're coaching senior football, you have to rule with a bit of fear. You have to have a bit of, mm. I don't want to piss this guy off. They do defend, like, the 85 Bears, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a Steve Mongo McMichael and Singletary. Was that them? Mike Singletary was yeah, yeah he was one of the linebackers in. How that, have uh, you you would have seen the doco? You you both would have seen the thirty for thirty. Yep. How what was it, Buddy Ryan? No, I That's a good one. So there's no. this there's this bit at the end where like because they they point they painted how that whole season it was very much Buddy Ryan coached the defense and Mike Ditka whilst he was the coach was effectively offense and yeah. they were two very different teams like they were <clears throat> two teams within the club sort of thing. And uh, um, Buddy Ryan's you know, defensemen were just loyal to him. Like, it was like Caesar. They were just loyal to him to a fault. And they had a bit where Buddy Ryan wrote them a letter and they were reading it. And I think it was, was it Singletary? He goes, I can't read it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And most it of the was. guys really struggled, but he goes, I can't read it. Yeah. And it was a really beautiful moment where you went, gee, how good, that's, that's awesome that 30-odd years later, this moment and this achievement and this person, like, and you kind of go, you want, like, I want our guys to have that relationship with each other and the club and a moment in time. Yeah. And it's up to them whether they want to get there. Speaking is, of... Uh, Buddy Ryan, is he the... He kind of looks like the dude from The Big Lebowski. He looks like... Uh, what? He looks like or Jeff Bridges. Rex, or, no, it's Rex Ryan. Is yeah, it's one. Rex so Ryan. His, his brother looks... Because one of them's got the big... Yeah, long, yeah. I was going to say, Buddy Ryan's, he's very straight up and down. Yeah. The dude oh. abides. Um, I don't know who I'm going to now. Timbo, maybe. I'm not sure. I've lost track. Uh, did you catch Ross Lyon on Classified, Timbo? 
look, I, I've seen more of it through social media rather than watching it live. Um, and I think the fella's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. Yeah. So, like... So here's the thing, Tim. Here's the thing. People who say, oh, this was set up. Yeah. Of course it was. Of course it was, but it's the question that needs to be asked. He can't sit there knowing that there's about to be a job vacancy and not be asked the question. If he wasn't, you'd be crying out going, like journos would be going, how could you not ask Ross? If he's and then they ask him, and I'm, I hate to break people's, you know, um, you know, piss on their chips here, but <laughs> this idea that, oh, he was grubby, you know, to pick his eyes grubby, lack of respect. He started off by saying, we've got to be really respectful for David Teague. You know, he said he's struggling and all this, blah, blah, blah. That was his first statement. And then he was yeah. just, he simply uh, answered the question, would you yeah. be interested in coaching again? Yes. You know, that's it. That's the conversation. That's really, yeah. if people want to read more than that into it. And, like, ultimately, they haven't really pushed as hard as they could have on this Ross Lyon thing. Yeah. Like, I've said from day one, if Ross Lyon wanted a, a coaching job in 2022, he, he might very well end up getting one. But it's been a pretty slow burn. Footy Classified could have put him right at the front of the queue for any job. For a month, at least a month, every single episode, he's been a, a picture of restraint. I yes. mean, I think what is most important is anybody that knows football knows how good of a coach that Ross Lyon is. They can see the record. They've seen the relative success that he's had with the teams that he's had, where he's been able to get them to. Um, he he doesn't need to sell himself to anybody. Like, yes, you'd probably still want to have some sort of a job interview because you want to understand philosophies and fits with clubs and all those things. And what he thinks about the club. And- Absolutely. But at the end of the day, he has been so respectful of David Teague. He, he could have from day one said, I want to be the next Carlton coach. Um, and he didn't. And he didn't because... David Teague was contracted. He didn't want to white ant him. But once the the review was announced, once the momentum had gathered, the fact that Teague himself is basically saying, I don't think I'm in a good position. I want to coach, but it's not looking good. Like, at that point, it kind of... It's not the unleash the hounds moment, but it is, well, if there is going to be a vacancy at the Carlton Football Club, and it's looking like it might be... I am happy to put my hand up and I would do that job. I mean, now is the time. If you can't say it now, when can you say it? Do, do you wait until, you know, Teague is absolute flatlined and they've covered the sheet over him before he uh, before they go, yeah, I'm interested now? Well, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, And you mentioned there, Timbo, this idea that he that people proffer that, oh, he's not a good coach, Fat. Oh, he, he's failed. And you go, well, if he's failed, what the fuck have our last couple of coaches done? <laughs> You're like, legitimate question. He's made four yeah. grand finals. Just going, he was the bounce of the ball away from winning one. At yep. Geelong, we were a kick in front on a day that didn't suit his St Kilda side in 2009, uh, 20, 2009 at the end of the game. Yeah, Matt Rook, Scarlet tote, but Matt, tote, Matt Rook yeah. kicks a goal after the siren. Didn't, um, didn't uh, and then Tom Hawke hit the post? Yeah, 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 yeah crucially. The post, and, yeah. Then in, and then in 2013, his Dockers team had... Had some stars, no question, but were not a great team. No, oh, not at all. Not and they all kicked. System. They kicked for the lead in the third quarter, and were yeah. kicking a bit down in the last quarter. This idea that he can't coach is a nonsense. Yeah, yeah. And, and Adams, Adams coached with him, and he, like Adam, is now a career coach, and he says he's the best he's ever seen. He he puts him up on a pedestal, and and I know how well read. 
um, Adam is. Um, and he reads a lot of stuff about uh, international coaches. Does he read a lot of stuff on Phil Jackson and all that sort of stuff. And trying, you know, yeah. And um, and there's um, and and he just he just he puts him up on a pedestal. He thinks he's brilliant. Did you watch it's the brilliant, brilliant as a strategist, brilliant as a coach, brilliant as a person, um, was, and rapport with other people. There was a great moment. I'll go to you in a sec, Fab. There was a really great moment with Ross. And we're, look, I don't want us to sound like we're touting for Ross. It's a two-horse race. If Clarko de- if Clarko declares an interest, then it's live. Yes. At the moment, he hasn't. And Ross and Ross said as much. Yeah. If if and if if he doesn't, then Ross is in the box seat. I'm happy with either. If we decide Agreed. to go that route, so that we just want to declare our interest here. We're more speaking about Ross because that's a live chance at the moment. We don't know; no one knows what Clarko is doing except for him. If we're going to get either of those two as our next coach at Carlton, I'm thrilled because we've got a very, very good candidate mm. um, to take us forward, and and I'm it makes me happy. There was a moment where he said on on Classified the other night he was <clears throat> they were going through some kind of um, you know Ross the boss segment and let's be brutally honest if if like I said to Dad if I worked on that show I would have said to Ross Lyon at the start of the year when he came on board I would have gone do you want to coach again like confidentially do you want to coach again if the answer was yes I would have said we'll get you a job and we'll build a segment that will get you a job yes. they kind of half pregnant did it with that segment it had some good bits here and there. There was a moment on Wednesday night where he was talking about kicking long. Melbourne want you to kick to May and Lever. Yeah. Really obvious stuff. And he just goes, well, this is what you've got to do. You can't do that because you're just going to kick to the tall towers. He goes, you know what we're going to do instead? He goes, we're going to have 150 uncontested marks. And it was yeah. this little thing where you went, it's the smallest thing in the world we don't do. Yeah. We don't do it. We just kick to Harry. Mm. He went, well, <laughs> on that occasion, we're not doing that. We'll just have, we'll have as many uncontested marks as you give us to drag those bodies out. And we'll kick the ball to each other until you've had enough of it. And you just went, thank God. Like, ridiculous. Mm. Um, did you see Liam Pickering's comments, Fab? No, I haven't. Didn't did either of you see anything this week? You know, through reading, you know, tweets and, and, and you know, general conversations around the traps, that he was displeased with the treatment of his client. Now, obviously, he's always going to be protective of his client. However, I think in this case, I don't think any more could have been done for David Teague. The club has been so transparent with this is what we're but doing. The, but why would the, yeah, that's right, the club said what they were going to do. The, the, if anything, fuck, thank Christ, we didn't, for once, we didn't break the ranks. And, and, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It hasn't been leaks. Hasn't, for once. I think that's why they're angry too, though. I think there's a, you can realistically say, I think there's an element of, we're not getting anything out of them. Fuck. Mm. Yeah. They, they, he wants, David Teague would want some clarity. He'd be going to Liam, going, can you get me anything? And Liam's like, no, I've got nothing. Because I'm the guy who didn't know where Buddy Franklin was going. Do you think I have any idea what you're doing? I was Buddy's manager. I had no idea what he was doing. <laughs> I thought he was going to GWS. But this is the thing. Like, I think that Darcy Moore was the same. They kept asking him about Darcy Moore, and he was like, I don't know. And then he's got an opinion on this, and you're like, picks, mate. He says, oh, it's on Carlton if Carlton don't want to do a process to hire David's successor. We didn't do a process to hire your client. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay when it, 
when it works in his favour. Look, yeah. I'm not a fan of... But, like, he didn't have anything to say figures. about it then. He didn't sit there in the meeting and go, wait, hold a minute, Kane, Kane, Mark. Do we want to do a proper, full, like, encompassing interview process of various candidates before we give David the job? No. You're hypocrite. He got me banned, he got me banned from SEN. Uh, All day picks. Pickers. Why was that? Yeah, we had a debate over... He was trying to say that cricket is the highest... Participating junior sport in the country. Oh, did you say soccer? And soccer is chance. It's just fa- it's fact. Which is you why just don't like pe- cricket, though. No, I know. I, I, I like everyone. Everyone loves playing cricket. It's like I love playing golf, but I don't want to sit there and watch it, and I don't want to watch. But I've been caught up in mass. I've texted you blokes in the middle of the Ashes and the the World Cup. And, you know, those last couple of games in England and New Zealand. Look, mate, you get caught up in it. There's, there are good games of cricket, but, God, there's some bloody ball. You work. are. I watched, you I, are watched, a... I watched half an hour of Pakistan and the West Indies last night. My way. You're scratching around. Trying to scratch that itch. Fucking hell. Um, you, you know what you are, though? You're a pointy end of a tournament, man. You're the type. You love, like, pointy end of the Tour de France, pointy end of the major tournament. Could be a major no, tournament or nothing. No, no, you, you get interested. You're one of those people. Pointy end of the World Cup. You just want to be involved. Penalty shootout. Penalty shootout. <laughs> That's what you're all about. <laughs> Don't even call me for extra time. Just tell me when the penalties are on. Did you know, Fab? I didn't know this until the other day. Apparently, this, this decision is months old. There's no more away goals. Yeah, yeah I knew that. I didn't know this, and someone it's, said... It's... it's, it's it, it's a product of COVID, isn't it? Why? No, it's a product, Timbo, of stupidity <laughs> and idiots not understanding the game. Yeah, yeah right. I don't know how it's going to go. People are like, oh, you know, but who cares about this? Yeah, we care because you tactically approach a game differently when the away goals are in. You know, they have, the if, only thing they have... But if you know have... that they don't count anymore, then you yeah, change But it changes the sport and it doesn't I, need to I, be changed. I think they'll find there'll be less drama. Absolutely there would be. You know what all they needed to do? The one thing they needed to do with away goals was just when you go to extra time, there's no away goals. That's right. You can't have someone who's playing... An extra half an hour at home. Extra half an hour at home. That's or away. Right. So once it goes into extra time... In that second it's just it's, it's just literally... The scoreboard's almost... Got, got, got. The scoreboard's almost reset. Yeah. At extra time. Um, but instead, they shit the bed and change the rule and yeah. hopefully, like VAR, it'll get adjusted and... It just seemed like a bad move. Anyway, uh, like the, the, the Alistair Clarkson stuff, you know, as we said, we don't really know what he's up to. We have to wait and see what he wants to do and what takes his fancy if he's interested. He's, he's clearly interested in coaching, whether that's next yeah, year. He'll coach. he'll coach. Whether it's the year after. I reckon he's the perfect fit for the Gold Coast. It's, it's modern-day Barassi. Obvious. That, yeah. That's what the AFL, I reckon, uh, are. It's just modern-day Barassi. And you know what? I've got no problem if the AFL want to pay him because the market needs it. In I've got modern no... sense, do you mean he's a modern day is in like when Barras went to the Swans? When he went to the Swans, yes, yes. yeah. But Clarko is still Clarko's closer to his prime. Yeah, but at the, the same the, time, the was, yeah, knows the gift, knows how to talk, knows how to market himself. He's got the cachet. He'll bring the media on board up there. A bit like Sheedy in in Sydney, but better. Would you Would you hire Stuart Jew immediately? Would I fire as an Stuart? assistant? Would I hire Stuart Jew? Yeah, so just say he gets... He be gets unusual, shot. wouldn't it? Would someone like a Ross, if they took over a cup and go, we need him? I'd take him in a heartbeat. Mm. Let's, 
something to discuss. He'd be available. If the rumour going around about Andrew McWalter, not available. Adam Kingsley, not available. So, yeah, but I always find, and I get that they're contracted, Tim. Well, Kingers is not available. I get that they're contracted and they can only leave for a senior gig. But at the same time, fair being fair, if a coach came and said, look, could you release me from my contract? But Melbourne wanted you and they couldn't no, release I, I you underst- from the Sydney I, I understand that, but I think there would be Melbourne some... Melbourne wanted who? Stuart. Stuart. But oh, I, I reckon you some said Melbourne wanted you, as in Sean. Yeah, they, yeah, they knocked on the door lots of times, and I said, "I'm not interested." They said, "I'm a victory man, not a demon's man." I'm not interested. I can't, you know. Who's going to deliver us. the mail? <laughs> so who's going to deliver to Dryden Street the uh, the uh, the uh, evens? Um, yeah, I I think it'll be an interesting one, but um, my, my attitude with that is, if if a club fair being fair. The chairman being the right kind of guy. If they, if Kingers, if Kingers went to the chairman, well, Peggy and Brennan Gale, and literally said, "Look, I'd love a new challenge. I understand I'm under contract. Blah 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 blah." Like, I think they'd be just as likely to let him go than make him stay. Well, then why did Sydney not release Stuart Jew? Well, that, that's a different set of kettle of fish. Like, if you, the certain chairman would go, "Look, disappointed to lose you. Thanks very much." Blah blah blah. Whereas others would steadfastly disagree with that. And say no. We're if they came around and said they've offered me a five-year contract and I've only got one year to run, that might be the mechanics that could yeah, get exactly right. that done. But Coming off the back of a triple premiership or three premierships in in four years is obviously different to the situation that Sydney found itself in. Yeah, agree. Um, we want to talk briefly here about a couple more things. List balance, Faber Ganoush. Um, <clears throat> so our outs at the moment, in terms of the top end of the age profile, Eddie Betts. Levi and Mark Murphy um, leave us with just three pl- two players sorry, who will start 2022 at the age of 30 or over, um, which is interesting. And Tim made the point earlier about list composition. That's why our bomb development over the last couple of years has been so annoying and damning is because this should be the start of a little window where we've put the years and the games and the pain into getting O'Brien to 80 games, Dow to this, Samo mm. to that, it's Stocker, you know, more games than he's got. This is where we should be seeing those guys transition out these guys transition in and are just ready to hit the ground running and take their spot at the, t- at the top end. But the question I've got for you is, Murph we can kind of cover for older, you know, last legs, wasn't really giving us too much this year. Eddie, likewise, can be covered for with some younger blood. Levi's the interesting one because we lost Cruz last year without replacing him. And by saying Cruz, I mean the experienced, big-bodied senior ruck. We didn't replace yeah. him. Shocking move. With Levi, even though he didn't play, he does tick a couple of boxes that, you know, versatile, plays tall forward, can hit out, I'm um, sorry, chop out ruck. We need to replace him, yet. Yeah? Oscar yeah. McDonald. I've got it written, how reliable is Oscar McDonald? Well, I, I, up until the stress fracture, pretty good. Mm. <laughs> so I've, I've got written here. But, but he is the same for same that you talk about. So from, from a list need point of view, I've got written here, we need rebounding halfbacks. No, we don't. We could afford to lose a couple of those. <laughs> but we'll recruit another three. When you watch. <laughs> we just want to make sure we've got extra cover. Our depth chart has got actually another whiteboard below it for the halfbacks. <laughs> um, key defenders. Um, I think we're, we're shallow in the key defender um, area. Rucks. Um, <laughs> we've said it all season. We never replaced... Matty Cruiser from a 
you, I know what you're saying, Sean, from the experience and everything he provides, but just from a numbers point of view, you just, we, we, we're short on Ruckman and now losing Levi. So the Ruck is it. I think we need to bring in a project Ruckman and we also need to bring in a ready-to-go Ruckman. Um, we probably already, have, have we already got choice. the project We've Ruckman? done that with Murkov, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's 211, volleyball background. Looks like he can move a little bit. He's got to learn the game a lot more, but he's, he's, on he's the project yeah. Ruckman. But he's, okay, so if he's the project Ruckman, we need to bring in a senior. We do. I agree. A senior Ruckman. So key defenders, um, and whilst... Jonesy, we all love Jonesy. The end can come very quickly, and Jonesy's more towards that end of his career than he is where Weeders is. So, apart from he and Weedering, we're very shallow. And now Levi not being there from a depth point of view, that's not option we don't have. Look, ultimately it is, but but is it? We have to make decisions. March Banks on on another whiteboard all by himself. He's the if he gets through, he gets. If if he if it comes good, it comes good. But we have to assume it won. He's a bit Charlie Kernow esque, isn't he? He's worse than Charlie Kernow, mate. Oh, look, he, I agree with that. I agree, but that's that's what you're talking about. You 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 tried to look at what your future looked like, and you that you're trying to work out the balance between um, will he ever be back, and if he is back, will he ever be good? And uh, you say, just got to get back. That first 12 minutes out of Box Hill City Oval, he looked magnificent. He did, did he? That's nice to know. And then my other note here is mids, mids, mids. I, just, I, I still think we're shallow for, for, for good top-end midfield talent. So. I've, got, I've got a one for you here, Fab. I was going to save this for the end-of-season player review, which we'll probably do in a couple of weeks. Um, Sam petrevsky Seaton's a really interesting case. I think most of us probably realise or accept that he'll be out the door. It'll probably be a make weight for a Chera. Um, that seems to be what's what's going to happen. Not if you've heard the rumour that, um, and they're just rumours. I don't know where where they've come from. That Adam Chera won't come to Carlton, which is his preferred destination, if Ross is appointed. Well, coach. that's that's his call. Ultimately, I'm I'm not you know I'm not going to cry over lost Chera, but with Samo, I'll give you an example. You know who he's like. And, and once again, I don't make this comparison in saying he's relatively as good. You know what? You know how he we need to use him, Fab? How soccer teams use Pirlo. Yeah. It's a He's not breaking the lines with unbelievable pace. He's not no. spraying fifty yard balls. He's the guy that operates in between the lines, exploits gaps, tears you open, and just, just facilitates. Keeps things Ticking over. Yep. Just keeps keeps the, the rhythm in mo- keeps everything in motion. It's um look, in a good side, Samo would be developed into that and could play that role. At Carlton, even with a better coach, I don't see see that happening. It's 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 an interesting one for me. I still like Samo and I I I agree with maintaining him on the list because Removing him, his upside is someone of the of, of the equivalent ability. His upside is worth more than what we'd get for him. Correct. So, yeah. not horrendously so, but but it will it will it will end up being a skewed trade if if we trade SPS to Frio in exchange for Terra, then the add-ons 
as part of that trade are going to be heavily in Fremantle's favour. But I think this talk of its SPS and our first rounder, I just don't think is going to happen because I think pick six and SPS is too much. I think it's one or the other and some steak knives. I I think so. So I I don't even think you would give pick six for Chera. No, not, he's out of contract, and that's what diminishes his market he's value. He's out of contract, and he's a good young player with nice skills. The AFL have got a nicely. system in place that doesn't allow for common sense to prevail. We're no. going um, to move on transition now, if we will, into a bit of the game itself. We'll try to get through this fairly quickly-ish, chicken salads and the like. What did we want to see um, from the game yesterday, boys? You know what I wanted to see? I, just, I was interested in watching Durden and Kemp, you know, two, two young guys playing their second games. Oh, they did some okay things in the end, Timbo. They both need to work on a few bits and pieces. Poise, I think, for Kemp is going to be a good one. But Fab kind of touched on it earlier. Awesome, awesome, awesome to expose both of them to the level late in the year so they've got something to train for, knowing the level, knowing where they get, need to get to. Well, if you had have told me that Brody Kemp was going to be playing a second game of football on Jesse Hogan, I would have been completely gobsmacked. And he... He acquitted himself pretty bloody well. And and he was then also able to show the utility midfield side of his game with a bit of runoff, a bit of creativity, a bit of linking up. You know, he's obviously not afraid to express himself with the blind turn. He'll take the 360. It was beautiful. It was the, 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 was the kick after was fucking horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think he's like, the, the adrenaline was pumping. I think we were just lucky he was facing. Was. He was like, in the tail and the door, he was facing the right way at least. <laughs> exactly, but but it was um, like <laughs> I actually spoke to his uncle today, and um, he as you, you were saying, <laughs> but you were saying um, he um, when you bring a kid in, you you tuck them away, you give them the easiest matchup, you're playing on. A young kid on the opposition side as well. You know, you might just run with that guy, and you'll play him on a halfback flank, and uh, and it's just like go out there, have fun, get a few possessions, be aware that he might do this, he might do that, um, but you you try and get your 10, 12 possessions, and and if you achieve that, and you haven't embarrassed yourself, you walk off the ground and go, yep, yeah, you, you've done a terrific job. The fact that he's playing, and and granted, Jesse Hogan isn't the star that people once thought he potentially could be. He's a guy that's that's recovering from a few mental health issues who physically isn't still quite where he needs to be. But he's a very good AFL footballer. And when you're playing against a midfield that GWS can put together, if they get a little bit of dominance, that's a tough matchup. So to be doing that in your second game of footy when your body's not quite where it needs to be, you've had a few interrupted pre-seasons, so you haven't derived the benefit and the maturation you get out of that Bloody good effort, I think. Uh, chicken salads, first cab off the rank for you, Faber Ganoush. Harry Mackay is our third ever Coleman medalist. That's official. The last game's been played. <clears throat> it was official last night, I think. Well, it can't be official. Someone could have kicked 50 in a game. But, um, mm. yeah, no, it was... They didn't. That's <laughs> <laughs> surprising. Well, I'll just double-check that news. No, they didn't manage to do that. <laughs> um, it's surprising that we've never had... Oh, we've... We've had a common. Favola was a common medalist. I said he's our third common medalist. Oh, I thought you said he's our first common medalist. No, I didn't. Sorry. Um, Yeah, no, look, to to play 
what's, what's he played? He played three or four less games as well. It's He's had a ripping year. Um, and if you look at him play, you'd say he hasn't even fulfilled half of his potential. He gets the worst yet. service of any key forward in the league. Absolutely. The worst service, the worst umpire. And he's also, got, he's also got areas of his own games, of his own game that can improve. So, look, you know, shout out to the big man. Congratulations. Yes. Phenomenal. Um, it's very, only very get richly better. deserved. Uh, Absolutely. Now, I, I go to... Automatic All-Australian? Should be. Yes, yes. A Coleman medalist has to be in the All-Australian team. I um, throw it... They'll find a way. They'll find a way. I throw to Timbo... Um, Answer on a postcard from Mumbai, Timbo. <laughs> this guy, Raul, the wall, the lake, the lagoon, whatever we want to call him, hell of a year. He capped it off with a superb performance yesterday. He was really, really good. Competition's premier one-on-one defender, Timbo. Um, it was a great way for him to sign off 2021. It, if, if anybody needed any reminding as to whether he was the, the dominant key position player of the season, he gave it to everybody in spades in a game where we could have been under a lot more pressure than what we were, he was picking the opposition off for fun. He was a class above him. It was great to watch. It was very, very, very good. And and too, really heartening. He's been superb these last couple of weeks without support. Correct. He obviously hasn't had his wingman there, so pretty Has, hard. Growing through his junior days, obviously he was very dominant. But was his marking this much of a feature of his game? Because he, he's got arguably the best hands in the league. It just doesn't seem to drop anything. Once he once he flies for a mark, it's his. I think the short answer to that is yes. <laughs> well, we're not going to tempt fate, Fab. We're going to push on. Uh, All right. Liam I Stocker. I have spoken to his uncle this morning. And, uh, ooh, ooh, no, ooh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Stocker, Fab. I thought he had a really good night as well. Game of promise. I think he... He probably just needs to work on his decision-making, bounding off half-back a few times. Um, yeah, I made the note. He's one of the guys that stick out. The execution of the kick is oftentimes really good. Like, it's going to hit its target. There's just an opposition player in the way. In the way. And you're <laughs> like, so the actual skill execution's great, but your decision-making probably needs to get a little bit better. But, look, I was really happy with um, with what he did last night. He looked the part. Um, good metres gained. I think what we want to see from him, though, is pre-season game number one in the middle. In the gas. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, look, I don't, I'm not a, against him off halfback in a certain role. And under a different coach, it may be a little bit different. What I, what, what I like about Liam Stock, I don't like that he makes mistakes, but I like how the mistakes don't seem to affect He's the goldfish. Him. He, he doesn't go into his shell. If anything... He seems to exert a lot more leadership on the ground than many other players, you know. Physically, he does, yeah. So, um, no, I, I'm, I'm wrapped with his um, with his progression, not only last night, but through the back end of this, this year. And hopefully the next coach comes in and realises what they've got. But why are we shutting is... this guy? Why are we putting him here? That's what you want them to think. Uh, another one, half-back brigade. There's plenty of them down there. There's a union. Uh, Nick Newman, Timbo, thought he was good again? Yeah, I thought outside of Weathering, I thought he was our best player. He's, um, he's, he's the right balance between sort of tough and silk. Um, he does the things that need to be done. He can play tall. He can play small. He'll give you metres gain. Um, he'll take risks. 
um, a lot to like. And he he's he's had you know an interrupted couple of seasons with elbows and knees and all that sort of stuff to come out the other side of what's been a pretty shitty three years for Nick Newman or two years at least. Um, to come off the end of that and be ready to reload and go again next year with this group because he's not that old either. Um, I think we're in a, a nice little position with him, um, and and that makeup of the back line is going to be fascinating. You've got Sam Doherty with his uh, his cancer issues. You've got uh, Liam coming off a patella tendon injury. You've got Caleb Marchbank coming back in. You've got the ever present question of uh, Lockie Plowman and how's he regarded by the people that make the decisions as opposed to supporters. He's the ultimate um, Marmite player. <laughs> I've never, I've, we've, there's never been another player in the history of VFL AFL football that divides opinion amongst his own fan base like Lockie Plowman. Oh, he's, he's, it's hilarious. And, and, ultimately, and God forbid the kid falls over in a game of footy. Last <laughs> night, though, realistically, Toby Green kicked one. Not on him. He wasn't on the ground at that time. Toby Green kicked one. He probably could have kicked one more at least. He had a couple yeah. shots at goal. Not yeah. necessarily all gimmies. And you're going, geez, as I said, he kicked one. If somebody had said, oh, Green will kick two, you'd probably go, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, not on uh, Plowman there, but... Um, Sam Walsh, Fabian, battled all night, worked his way through a pretty hard tag, um, lost Cripper's support, uh, you know, obviously at about half-time-ish, but soldiered on irrespective of that. I think he's, he had 29-odd last night. He, as I said, he toughed it all out. But game I think, leading. Game leading 29. I think the last couple of weeks have sort of just caught up with him a little bit. Yep. Which is absolutely 100% fair enough because he's been unbelievable. In the last two weeks, he's looked like a... Physically, look like a third-year player, um, and and not the immortal freak that he's. Um, the Highlander. Yeah. So, um, and if, like I said, if that's that's a slow or a or a, a lesser performance from Sam Walsh, then that just shows you how good he is. Yeah, I mean that's that's just uh, for him at least. I mean. It just goes to show how, how high the standard we hold him to is because he was still very good last night. But you, you do watch yeah. him and think, you're not, you're not labouring, but you just, you just look like that long year, another long campaign, another campaign without a whole lot of support has sort of caught up with him. But, and yet um, will end in a, it should end in an All-Australian nomination. No, nah, he'll, be, he'll be shafted like Weeders was last year. Yeah, you'll you'll end up with uh, Seedsman and McLuggage on the wings. Seedsman, what because a they're legitimate. What wingmen. is with your fucking obsession with Seedsman in the last twenty four hours, Timbo? Well, clearly, unlike you, I've watched him play football this year. Can we call? I just had the thought there. I mentioned it off off uh, the cuff. Can we start calling? Um, we want a nickname for Walsh, don't we? We've got the man. Did we have another one Speaking for Speaking of the man, the man was back today. I don't know if you knew that, Sean. I did see that. Absolute joke. But um, did, we have we an, about? did we have another nickname for Walsh? Anthony Mundine. No, Becky Lynch. She, she, they're, trying to, like, uh, yes. they're trying to make her the female Stone Cold, but then she wrestles and you're like, she's just a bit shit. <laughs> Whereas Stone Cold was a good wrestler. Look, outside the ring, I think she's phenomenal. Yeah, she just can't, um, she's not very good in. That's, but we don't want to... We don't want to turn it into the squared circle podcast but um can we call like what can we uh, did we, did we have another nickname for walsh 
We had the man. That was about it, wasn't it? Or Sam fucking Walsh or the fucking man? No, that was Jack fucking Nunes. Well, I want to call him Juan, San- Juan Sanchez Villa Lobos Ramirez because he's the fucking Highlander. So we call him Juan Sanchez uh, Villa Lobos from now Do on. Do we have to? Yeah. <laughs> because he just does not die. He's an immortal. And he'll just keep on going. Can we call him? Oh, we we're calling him San Elmo, you idiots! You didn't fucking didn't remember that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I took a photo of a street San Elmo. We're calling him San Elmo because he's the patron patron saint of motion. I like that better than. Well, I don't mind the Highlander one. But... Oh, I like San Elmo. Yeah, we'll keep we'll, we'll keep it there. Um, Ed Kurnow, Timbo again played uh, quite well. Uh, highest ranked player on the ground, leading goal kicker on the ground. Um, an excellent way for him to sign off on the year, a bit like Weeders. Yeah, look, I'm probably as critical of Ed Kernow as a lot. I I love his energy, I love his effort, but usually it's his skill that lets him down, but he was right place, right time when he needed to execute, he did. Um, and we all laugh about the, the four-goal game against Sydney, which uh, made us want to persist with him as a half-forward flanker for the next, like, four years. It's proven um, us all wrong. complete. <laughs> some of the biggest flukes of all time in that game. I oh, know, there was. And, but, look, at, at least last night's goals were gettable goals. The yeah, goals against were. Sydney were dribblers on the boundary falling over the line. It was like, it was it was freak show stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. And, and, look, he pulled a few out of it, you know, Pulled a few out of his ass to be in the right the right place, but it's work rate and it's energy it's and right. and uh, and the fact that he's got another contract and will go around again. Having guys like that can that can set the physical um, uh, agenda and expectation in, in a preseason. Mm. Absolutely no dramas, as we've often said. Though the moment he gets pushed out um, of the best twenty two, because there are others that are able to perform better and at a higher level, we are a better football club because of it. But while but while he's there and he's setting standards, then he's a very important part of the group and will continue to be. Completely. For and me, then, last night he was the SI Morales buster. Don't up. jump ahead in the fucking run. Come on. I don't know. We just nominate when we come up. No, to him, we don't. don't. We come. But it's got its own segment. Fabian single-handedly trying to keep the signal segment alive, perhaps. Yeah, just what? between me and you, Timbo. <laughs> just between just between me and you. Fabian's jumped ahead in the run sheet. And the Brody Kemp line turn was the Heartland handle. No, it wasn't. I I respectfully disagree. No, it was not. Uh, and then lastly, Matty Kennedy, 20-odd touches, finished with seven marks, four clearances, 300 metres gained. Uh, a bit like a couple of others we've mentioned. Really strong finish to the year from him. Um... Looked like he might have been on the scrap heap midway through the season, but he seized his opportunity and finished the year in a really good vein of form. So it was very, very pleasing to see. Um, chicken shits. To be honest with you, I don't reckon I don't really want to go over too many of these because we're finished up for the year. There's nothing to be gained really from it. The incumbent coaching and and selection committee and whoever we might want to bake for various reasons are going to be gone. So. It doesn't really serve any purpose talking about it because we hope we won't have to talk about it again for a very, very long time. Having said that, why the hell would we drop Paddy Dow for a lame Patrick Cripps? Baffling. Absolutely baffling. Uh, S.I. Morales Memorial Busting Up Most Heart Award now. Um, it is Ed Curnow. That's my nomination. <laughs> so, Unanimous. We, we, uh, we arrived there in the end anyway. Everything has its place, you know. Everything has its place. Um, yeah. The Hartlett handball, respectfully, Tim, was Brody Kemp's blind turn until my man Lockie O'Brien gathered in the last. Oh. 
<laughs> and took off down the wing with a bounce or two. Yes. And then hit Eddie Betts, who fumbled the chess mark. Yep. And yeah, we, we got a goal it, from that. Yeah, we did. And, and that, it just, I'll, when you were talking chicken shits before, I was actually going to bring that up that the decision not to apply this kid for so very, very long when we'd lacked run, carry, dare, hitting targets, taking risks, all that sort of stuff. And then you see him do that and you're going, hallelujah, please, somebody have watched that because that, that warmed the cockles of my heart and said that maybe is the sub cockles. investing in. Yeah. <laughs> maybe in the kidneys, maybe even in the colon. Um, I, is that Dennis Lewis? <laughs> Dennis Lewis. Yes. Uh, yeah, look, I, I was so pleased with that. And there was another moment actually where um, I was going to get the I was going to get the sound bite from old school, but I forgot. So whenever we talk about Lockie O'Brien, it's just the clip of "You're my boy, Blue." <laughs> was gonna, I'm streaking through the quad. <laughs> um, the other Hartlett Hamble nominee for me was he didn't kick the goal, but there was a moment in the last quarter where Paddy Dow presented on the overlap and ran through yeah. the fifty, and he just went. He as soon as he realised I'm next link in the chain. His, his body language and his mindset was goals. Yeah. And I, I actually kind of went, that's a really, really good little moment for this kid where he just went, the option is not hit up, it's not unselfish, it's goals. Yeah. I liked it. I just, as you say. If and if he finished uh, it. If he'd nailed it, yeah. it would have been. We, we, if, he, if he kicked it, we were still a massive chance of Potentially, winning the game. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Uh, but just with, with Lockie O'Brien, I mean, look. Like I said, we, we, we sort of go into bat for him a fair bit, and, and you mentioned it a little bit before, Timbo, but people people just don't seem to understand he's not in the team to win contested ball. He's not in the team to lay seven tackles. He's in the team to provide width, to spread the field, to be a genuine option on the switch, and then to kick the ball to advantage inside 50. Yeah. That's what he's in the yeah. team for. Absolutely. And about 20 years ago, outside player became a dirty word. It became a way of knocking a player. Yep. Oh, you're not a real footballer if you're an outside player. And you're like, no, outside players are incredibly important. I listened to an uh, an interview. I think it's – I want to say Jason Taylor. I think he's the um, recruiting manager at Melbourne. There's every chance he could be the recruiting manager at GWS. But either recruiting way – Recruiting manager somewhere. Yeah. So this was the Melbourne recruiting manager, and they were saying um, you're in a really – you're in a great situation where – your next draft pick doesn't need to be anything specific at all. And the one comment he made is he said, yo, it, it, it might just be outside run. He said, because you can never have enough of that. Now, that's also having, when you've got Oliver, Petrarca, uh, Viney, and to a lesser extent, and Angus Brayshaw that can do the job if you want him to as well, in, in your list so you can err on outside run to be able to add to it. But hearing that, you thought, yeah, look, outside run is as acceptable and valued a thing as there ever has been. Uh, and having Sam Walsh that can do it inside and outside is great. He just need more, he needs more mates. Um, Zach Fisher can do it ably at times. He just needs to do more of it. But, um, yeah, Lockie O'Brien in that team is absolutely essential because few do it better, and he's just been denied the opportunity. I saw a thing. And, and wrongly. I saw a note about his draft year, and somebody, the note was, I don't know if it was from that nightmare or if it was from Cal Toomey, one of the two, and they said, he's the best kick in the draft. Wow. And he yep. just went, yep, okay. So what do we do with him? Not playing. Oh, not playing. You've got mail. Mailbox. We've got a solution here who's actually given me an idea for a possible.
pod, an off-season. What is that? It's ringing. He's given me an idea. Can you hear for, that alarm? Yeah. For an no, off, it's just vibrating. For an off-season um, pod feature, perhaps. So I mentioned that you and I, Fab, were in a, in a, uh, in a, in a war, if you will. Um, you know, I gave people a window into our lives so that they could maybe feel closer to us and feel as though that uh, we are human beings. And, uh, you know, they can reach out and touch us. Uh, you're you, des- you decided not to do that because you're a selfish prick. But, you know, that's your prerogative. He's not a man of the people. He wants you to know nothing about him. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to exist. He doesn't want to have any of your love, your interest. Your Where, what, what the fuck are you talking about? So he suggested here, can, you, can, they have, did? can they have the argument about list management at the end of the podcast and put a Twitter poll up to see who we agree with? I think that is potentially an off-season pod where two of us debate a topic. Do it. So we pick a topic, two of us debate it. Only if it's live. Only if we're face-to-face. Well, we might not be able to do that with lockdown. Yeah, so we'll do it when we're out of lockdown. Whatever. But I think that's a summer series where we come up with a somebody pitches a Carlton-related debate, if you will, and the two people have it out. There's an arbitrator who sits there. And then we can do a pod, sort of Twitter poll as to who won the debate. Maybe that's the thing. So our first episode will be, how do you want to frame it? You and I were butting heads about list management during the Rat and Malthouse era. Mm. And it's probably what, who's to blame? Is that what it was? Or who's no, culpable? I, all, or? I, all I was saying to you, you were trying to... You know what it is? It's off. in defense of. Okay, you know I what it was, is? I was getting misty-eyed you about... Were. Relatively shit players now. No, no, no. All I said to you is, Mick comes in, and whilst I appreciate the clusterfuck of oh, hey, 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 don't burn, of, hey, of, don't, of, don't burn the material, mate. Do not burn the material before oh, we've had the debate. Well, whatever you want, mate. Whilst I admit, don't burn the material before we've had the debate. Save all it. I said, all I said was, Mick. What are you doing? Why are you still talking? Don't burn the material before we have the debate. The debate will be in defence of... I'm going to tell them now. The debate will be in defence of list management during the Malthouse era. Okay. So I will be defending the list management and you will be prosecuting that it was bad. And I shall be mediator. Yes. Okay, so that's a good idea. Thank you for that uh, solution. Um, So stop talking, Fabian. Yeah, so just stop like... (laughs) I don't don't know what the fuck... I don't understand. We don't get given a run sheet. We don't get given a... A breakdown of what's coming, you know. We, you, we just have to. We're, we're flying off the seat of our pants because you don't react well. Pants. You don't react well to pressure. You're like the football club. <laughs> Nathan Cross has got in touch. Assuming we have a fully fit list, does Fisher ever make the cut at a centre square again? Seems like he's behind Kennedy, Dow, Walsh, Cripps, and assuming Williams. Um, I think he's it's a rotation. Not, yeah, he's a rotation. Yeah. It's not his best position, but it's not like he's horrific when he goes in there. No, I, I, I think he gives us it's a fantastic his... different look. I, I like his sidestep, his ability to be able to get out. Um, you know, if he's on the end of other people's work, he can be a seriously damaging footballer. And him being one of the guys that does kick it inside 50 gives us a chance. Speaking of sidesteps, if fucking Jacob Hopper sidestepped one more bloke, <laughs> I was going to get, I was literally get in the car and drive down there. Did, did, one of them not, did, did one of them not approach him and think, keep him in the pocket? <laughs> like don't don't show him the corridor right this yeah, way, sir, to the middle of the ground. <laughs> we'll just open we'll up. Improve, the... We'll improve your angle. Yeah. Not once, not twice, but three times. Just let's show you right inside. Let's just open the face of the goals up for you. Um, 
We've got Daniel Scolo, good listener of the pod. Thoughts on taking the captaincy from Cripps and Doherty? Uh, I wouldn't be against it, boys. I Look, think I, Doc, I, I think from Doc, I think Doc's, Doc's got bigger fish to fry. Exactly. So, um, the thing, we, I mean, we've spoken about it with joint captains in the past. That the only thing with joint captains is captaining a football club in 2021 is a very different role to what it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. It is quite taxing, demanding, time consuming. There are lots of things, and particularly, hopefully, in a post COVID sort of world, there's a lot of stuff you've got to do. And it, and it is easier. If, say, if you and I are captains, Timbo, it is easy to say, look, do you want to do the Great Southern Bank thing? You know, we've got to, you know, shareholders, lunch, blah, blah, I'll do the Hyundai one. Yeah. Whatever. It is It is less taxing on the individuals. So the dual captain has, has a role, but they've got to be the right characters. So that's the thing you've got to weigh up. He's got a few yeah. more questions here. Where do you see Stocker and Kemp's best positions? Well, I think Stocker will still be straddling the transition of coming out of halfback and on on ball. I think long term his best best position is on ball. You um, don't know that, Tim. We've never seen him. There. <laughs> no, no, no ab- absolutely. But but you want him. You know, you're talking about the Pirlo role with. Um, it looks good when he gets the ball uh, in SPS. the square. Yeah, I, I, for some reason, I, I want I want the ball in Stocker's hands, distributing from the corridor. And really taking the game on. That's when, when when he's further up the ground and in more of a dangerous position with his ability to be able to kick it. Um, that that excites me. So that's what I want to see. Whether he can be there permanently or not, I don't know. Kemp is the conundrum because we've seen so much of what um, strings he has to his bow at junior level, um, and he's just got to show it at at senior level. I think from what we saw yesterday, the fact that he can play on a big tall, I think you're going to groom him to be a, um, a flexible defender. And, and and you'll play as third tall. When it's got to be big, it'll be big. When there's the opportunity to be able to run and release, you do it. If he pushes up to a wing... Um, It'll be an upgrade and, on play on it, I reckon. You see, would you see the dock in well, your replacement? So. I just... I, I, I just think... Um, Doc was probably a better user of a football at his best than maybe what... Not that Kemp's a bad kick at all. I mean, yesterday wasn't his uh, crowning glory. But I agree with you, Fab. I think he's more likely to be um, the proxy ploughman or marchbank. Um, and and uh, and that would be where he'd best fit. And then as he grows and develops, if it ends up being on-ball opportunities, potentially pinch-hitting forward and all of that sort of stuff, well, you're welcome it, so... Jack Hardy's got in touch, Fabian. What are your thoughts on the media acting morally pious in regards to the club's treatment of Teague, despite the fact they've spent the whole season doing nothing but beat up on the club, the coaches and our players? Everyone grows a conscience yeah. before the sacking. Yeah, it's go back to the James Heard thing. <laughs> they camped outside the front of his house and, you know, drove him to near insanity. And then when it's all over, it was oh, poor Heard. So... You can't have your cake and eat it as you well need sometimes, it can yeah. you? Yeah. That's, that's what I was getting at, Tim. Uh, Adrian, Sorry, Fabian. Adrian Jazar has also said the similar thing. How do you guys feel about the media jumping on Teague's side, having uh, campaigned since early in the year to say we need change? That, look, that's just how they operate. This is just yeah. the, the cycle of the sacking, yes. is that everyone gets a bit 
oh, John, God, should, he, should they do it now? And part of that is because if you work at the Herald Sun or Fox Footy or Channel 7 or 3AW or SEN, part of you wants the interview. Yes. Geez, yeah. that that just uh, really treated you poorly, didn't they? It was awful. They shouldn't have blah, blah. Do you want to have a chat about it? Yeah. That, like, that's honestly how it works because no one has enough respect in themselves to go, we just reported the story. It's my opinion. Um, if you want to talk about it, that's fine. You'd be sympathetic, win him over, get the story. Exactly right. That's how it works. Um, Mark Dallatore, what are we going to do with Mitch McGovern? Another poor year playing only a handful of games. Would we consider uh, paying him out or trying to trade him? Oh, look, it's, it's last chance saloon for, for Mitch next year. Yep. Um, no one's taking that contract on. No one's giving up anything of value to be able to get him you know, off our hands. Um, you you play him and play him and play him until you can't play him anymore. And if he starts showing form that uh, his recruitment justified in the first instance, hurrah for everybody. Um, but realistically, you keep going to the draft and you put additional pieces of the puzzle and you develop in behind him. And once somebody goes past him, as we said before with Ed, you're better because of it. He's but three-headed beast. Three-headed beast. Cerberus, King Jidora. He's still got AFL weapons, Fab. No Oof. doubt. Absolutely no doubt. He just doesn't have an AFL body. <laughs> well, yeah. Look, there, there, there's a handful of guys that have got massive pre-seasons ahead of them for a variety of reasons. You know, getting getting the AFL engine that is required for Liam Stocker is going to be massive. Getting bodies right after you know a couple of years okay. of being beaten up like a Patrick Cripps, a Zach Williams, and Adam Saad. I'll give you yeah, one, Tim. It's Timo. okay. Mitch McGovern is in that too. Mitch McGovern's in the boat. Hypothetically, Ross Lyon comes in as coach. Mitch McGovern's in the same boat as quite a few of our talented, albeit underperforming, overpaid, barely fit brigade. Um, and he's he's not uh, David Caruso there. There's a lot of those, but. He's one of those guys that Ross Lyon would probably have a chat to and go, these are the standards. If you don't meet them, you're not playing. If you do, this is your role and you can do it well for the team. But there'd be no there'd be no compromising. There'd just be, this is it. Yep. And if you're not getting to that level, you aren't playing. So yep. the challenge is there for you to get as fit as you need to be, to do the work you need to do, to train like we need you to. That's it. It's non-negotiable. There's no shortcuts. That's it. So David Teague had that conversation with Mitch McGovern and told him he needs to pull his socks up. And if you recall, he literally, he literally, he, took, socks he up. took him literally. He was like, I thought this is all I had to do. <laughs> he went to the property stew and said, I need the full length ones. Give us the long ones. Um, Leck Dog, this one's for you, Fabian, because he's your man. He was in your team. Michael Gibbons, is he around next year? Yes. Playing for the VFL team or? Yeah. Oh no, no, no. He'll be on the list, but it's all—it's all a sign of depth. So is he, is he signing a one-year contract? Yeah, a one-year contract yeah. extension. Well, you're not going to offer him more than that. You know what he needs to do? Would you drop him back to the rookie list? Yep. If that's an option, yes. You I know, do like Gibbo. You know what he needs to do? Gibbo needs to be the best midfielder in our VFL team. And the idea that what that creates is... <clears throat> which he can do, which because he can, he's done it twice he's, he's before. two-time list and medal winning player. Yeah. But this is the idea. He plays in the VFL, and he gives the opposition coaches box the, the conundrum. Jeez, oh, do we tag the 
the Dow or the <clears throat> the Stocker when he was playing there, or the the Philp when he comes in, or the Kemp if he's playing there. Geez, we tag him, or what do we do with Gibbo? Because Gibbo will cut us up. We know he'll cut us up. So who do we put work into? And that just is a development platform for somebody else who, fair being fair to Michael Gibbons, would have more ability than him and be a better value to us longer term. So that's that's the conundrum. And Gibbo playing midfield minutes in the twos, Gibbo, uh, Gibbo filled a, a role in the seniors because we had a, a lack of small forwards or we, we failed to play small forwards. So there was this, this need for a small forward. If he plays midfield minutes in the twos, he then becomes a viable option if required to play midfield in the seniors. And that's training people to be deployed in a role in the senior team that they are comfortable doing. Uh, Willie McCoy, are we bullish on our final chances next season? I feel like there's plenty of talent on this list for a competent coaching staff to work with. Yes, I am. Flag. <laughs> well, well, look, I, I am, but I'm awfully gun shy after this season because I was I was really excited about what this year was going to give us. Come on, Timbo! And come February season preview, we'll all be back in us to roll the tigers. Oh, look, absolutely, absolutely, and and unfortunately, that's that's the lot of the Carlton supporter at the moment. But mind you, coming up against the tigers in March next year is going to be very different to what we've come up the last few years. So realistically, if we don't knock them off. I'll actually be disappointed because I don't. They're they're just not going at the moment. So, Junior's got in touch. We need a winner in this argument about list management from eight years ago. You're going to get it, June. We're going to do our summer series, the Carlton debate series. First cab off the rank in defence of Mick Malthouse list management. That's actually a good idea. That's going to keep the wheels ticking over this podcast over the summer. That's good. I like it. Give um, me something to do, Sean. I can give you something to do, dickhead. <laughs> Jamie, 54, 24 times out of 50 games as Coach Teague has conceded runs of five goals or more. That's just under 50%. How can he reasonably think he would be safe in his role? And slash where has he improved us? When did you stop saying the Twitter handle and start the actual... Because that's both. <laughs> Jamie, 54 is both the Twitter handle and the name. So I had to... It's... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, what was the what was the question? Oh, God, you're twenty-four <laughs> out of fifty-four, five goals no, in a row. No, twenty-four. Where has improved us. Twenty-four out of fifty games. A fifty, okay, yeah. Like that's just not good enough, is it? I mean, where, where no. has he improved us? Uh, off the top of my head, I cannot give you a legitimate answer as to where he has improved us in fifty games. Individuals he played, have improved. He played, yeah, he played players in their natural positions when he first took over, which gave us an instant boost. And it's the best thing he ever did, and then he moved away from it, and he replaced it with nothing. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Nathan, um, is Lob going to survive? Last night's game, his delivery inside 50 was sex. I agree, Nathan. Mm. I completely agree. More sex. I think... More sex. More <laughs> sex. Timbo, if you can beat your wife at bloody table tennis, you're going to get nothing for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. I think you need to start losing now. Yeah, I think you need to propose a game after pod. Yeah. <laughs> Please fancy a game of table tennis. <laughs> why do I keep hitting it into the nest? 24-6, <laughs> win again. Ah. Tim, why are you playing with your pants off? Oh, shit. So I'd save gun. time. <laughs> I was feeling a bit hot and restricted. I thought I'd just, you know, my, my Jimbo in The Simpsons, my pants were chafing me. 
<laughs> now my shirt's chafing me as well. Uh, have we got one more? Oh, no. got one more. Why on earth did our trainers let TDK stand up last night? Have they not been taught proper concussion protocols, spinal protocols? Oh, I think this is a bit of a beat up. In, in like, this guy is at hundred. Well, how tall is he, Tim? Two hundred two oh one. Like he's a big guy. He knocked himself out. He's not listening to anyone. Yeah. Like he's he's not listening to anybody. It's like wrangling your drunkest friend, who's also your biggest friend. And look, it wasn't a good look, but he. Like I, I sort of thought to myself, geez, it'd be a pretty tough gig telling this guy anything. He just doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. And uh, like people are going negligence, and uh, like I don't, I just think that's a bit, bit but much. But when he turns around and says, "Hey guys, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'll come off the ground, but I'm walking off," mm. and you're going, "Yeah, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, sometimes you do have to be able to save people from themselves, but." If he's legitimately saying, "I think I'm okay," I, th- I think I think I'm okay. Well, then you let him do it. What's but, a, what's a th- what's a guy that's thirty centimeters shorter and thirty <laughs> kilograms lighter going to do about that? Yeah, once he's on. once he's up, like it's so. Look, I, I wouldn't be. But, but it is a bad look, and I, it I, I is. Get, I, I I completely get why the question gets asked, but you don't know what you don't know. That's one hundred percent correct. Boys, that does us for the uh, season. I don't know. Does that do us for the season uh, 2021 proper? I don't know if I've got any more notes. Let me just stall for a little bit while I try to find one. Are we having a trivia quiz? Timbo, come on. Well, I thought you'd forgotten. No, we're going to do that in a separate episode. Oh, really? We're going to have a, we're going to upload. It's going to be a separate quiz special. So uh, do look out for that. That'll be up. Um, not too long after this episode proper. That's surprise when you hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> I could just cut that bit out, but we'll leave it in. Um, no, look, we're going to do a, a 2021 uh, season quiz with uh, two of the, the great combatants of all time, Ali, Frazier, and what are you doing, uh, Fab? Wind you up. We're running out of time. Well, time is infinite. We've got all <laughs> the time in the world. Um, so like, you, you're talking like you've got to be somewhere tomorrow, mate. I'm going to be somewhere tonight. Oh, where? None of your business. You can't leave. Go five k's out of home. Can't go five k's out anywhere. It's a lot. We're in curfew. That's what I mean. So where are you going? You got to be somewhere. You can't. What to do? Workbench. What an idiot. Uh, so we're going to do the quiz. Look out for that. Thank you, everyone who's listened along this year and enjoyed the show. I've absolutely loved uh, all the feedback we've gotten, good, bad, or otherwise. It is very humbling that uh, so many people get in touch and. Our listenership has um, grown to what it has in uh, this particular season. It's all very good. We've got one. We've got. You know, I don't tell you that. We've got one final Prender DJ for the year. So hashtag Prender DJ. If you think you know the theme, that'll be playing right now for me, Sean Peterbush. Thank you so much for your ears this year. It's been a pleasure for Tim Davis. Always a pleasure, Sean. And for that giant fucking idiot, Fabaganoush. I love that shit, I got see. Thank you very much for. Yeah. <laughs> Tune into the quiz to listen to him lose. But fuck off, Sean. That's not the way you would have wanted to be. Convince yourself that everything is alright. Cause it already is. Cause it Sell your heart and break
Convince your 